or something like that. We're coming up on 100 soon. I know. Coming up on 100. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another exciting, fun-filled episode of Forfeit Podcast. Metal Matt here. We got Big John Stud. We've got Wild Bill. And we don't have J-Lo. We're rocking three-fit here, but for good reason. We want to give a shout-out to Papa J-Lo, bringing in baby j having a baby James brought into the world uh, late last night. So shout out to him and Amanda, baby James and Amanda doing well so far and uh, congratulations. So, but in the meantime, Can we talk about famous James's for a second. Yeah. James Heffield, James Hart, LeBron James, Oh God, <laughs> James L. Jones. Oh, it's gotta be, it's right. James first. Yeah. Famous James. Okay. James Harden, James Earl Jones, James yeah. Hatfield. Yeah, who else? Was Scott. Jimi Hendrix a James? No. He was, he was Jimmy. He was Jimmy. But his full name is James, right? Mm. Come on. There's got to be more James, James. out there. Famous James. Oh, man. Edger and James. Edger and James. Edger and James. We're probably missing, like, so James Franco. James Franco. James Franco. Hey, yeah, where's he been? He kind of disappeared. I think he, I think he, he I think he, he got some hot water, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he got in oh, some boy. hot water. Yeah. yeah. Touching the hindies. Uh, oh, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Uh, uh, he was in, uh, yeah, he's in the X-Men. Oh, we're forgetting like James Dean. James Dean. Yeah. James Vanderbeek. The Beaker. Uh, uh, some of these uh, came up. Oh, uh, James Gandolfini. Oh, Tony. Good one, good one. Anthony. Anthony. Uh, James Brolin, who was the uh, father of Josh Brolin. Yep. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Uh, Who's the late night guy? Isn't the late night guy James? James Corden. James Corden. He's funny. He's good for a laugh or two. We'll have to ask Jesse when he comes, when he when he's available, um, what, what nicknames are we going with? Like, because I know Jim, right? Isn't Jim? Is Jim short for James? I don't yeah. know. What do I know? Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy yeah. Butler. Jimmy Butler. Call him Howie for short. Oh, I think his middle name actually is Howie. Little Howie. I think that's what Little Howie. <laughs> little Howie. Little Howie. Give me a little Howie. Oh, Jim Carrey. Right? Oh, Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim yeah. Carrey, yeah. James James Brown. Jim's, Jim Morrison. James Taylor. Man, James Brown. Really? Uh, some of them. Well, Jim, the one, the one that with Jim, like James Brown, I get we missed. That's a big miss. Uh, so many names, like Jim Croce, like it's not James Croce. So we didn't miss right. out on Jim Croce. Jim, but James Taylor, right? Um, James Taylor's a good one. Yeah. No, I mean, we hit – that was a good run. It was good. Yeah. Good choice, good choice, Jesse. If you're listening, good choice. Good, good choice, J Lo. Congratulations again. It would have been, it would have been all awkward to name name your son forfeit, but you know, could have been in the, could have been in the. Uh, there are there are, there are weirder name, names out there. I mean, uh, <laughs> still maybe. What's uh, Elon Musk's kid's name is like Roman numerals. Yeah. Isn't like, there that's, like that's that's a name change and and a kick in, in 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 the old dick for dad like when 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 that kid's eighteen, I'm punching I'm punching pops in the junk. I'm like you know why 
You know, some why. famous person's kid's name is like Apple too, or something. Oh Which, yeah, the guy from Coldplay. It's uh, not like I don't think it's a bad name. So nah. it's an awkward, like a weirder name for. When you think of it, though, I mean, the word apple, like, yeah, it 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 works. It works. It works. It's part of the Roman numerals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand the whole. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm also not a a multi billionaire genius yet. Yet, <laughs> serious. If you're listening, <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, no. It's good, good, all good stuff. Um, James Posey, remember him? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just James. Going James Buster Douglas. James Buster Douglas. There you go. Good one. I, I think Jesse would. Uh, Jesse would appreciate Buster Douglas. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I miss Mike Tyson. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish his run was when we were a little older. To really appreciate it, because I would just see highlights of it. Um, and my dad would watch boxing a little bit on HBO, because HBO would show big time fights like the, week, YouTube, the pay-per-view. YouTube has them all strung together. And but I thought just back in the day, like on like the TV with the wooden box, like the wood TV around it, like oh, the, yeah. just watching it and just like being a kid and just seeing like Mike they would be like he fought like in Atlantic City, he 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 uh he fought um he fought some like big Italian dude who was like six five, and I mean, I mean, and like I didn't think he was gonna whatever, but the bell rang and it was just like a tiger coming out the cage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just like pummeled this dude in like a round, and the guy and like just seeing it on the old like a shitty TV, you can see the guy's face like cringing every time he gets punched, like it's just a shame that because I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's it's. It's easy to win, but when somebody gets back, it shows you what you're made of. So it's, uh, but yeah, no, I, I would like to see his been a little older during his heyday, I guess. Is, but yeah, boxing sure isn't what it used to be. That's for sure. Now boxing what else isn't what it used to be. The all-star weekend. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I, I really talked it up last weekend and I feel like it really, it really bit me in the ass. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you were working for like TNT, yeah. You know? <laughs> like you were a spokesperson for it. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, I, it wasn't all. I, it wasn't all bad. Let's. It, you know. it was. It was. It was ninety-eight percent bad. I mean, from start to finish. Fair enough. The rising, the rising stars game had some, had some highlights, but again, like that's just. I mean, the All Star game in general for the NBA is basically just like a, a street ball competition, which is fine till the last. You know, thirty seconds or minute of the game. But what Steph, but what Steph Curry was doing all star game? Not. I mean, that's just like, and that's like to my point. What I was trying to make last week was like, shooting is like sexy now. Like, whereas back in the day, it was known basically as like a fundamental part of the game. No one, you know, was like, oh well, you know, shooting is like dribbling. Of course, you have to shoot. But not everyone can drive the lane and and alley oop dunk and back someone down and you know that that was like the sexy stuff. But now it's like what's Steph Curry and like um, and uh, Ice Tray and like all the younger guys coming in. You know they're like they're they're redefining the the shot. You know, and I think it's 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 it, that's exciting for me. 
you know, as a as a as a fan, you know, just seeing the evolution of of a part of a game that is like has always been there, but just never given the you know, it's just was always seen as a fundamental. Now it's like taken to a whole new level. And what Steph did in that game, like you know, it's glorified a pickup game. You know what I mean? But like, I don't care, man. Like some of those shots he was throwing up and consistently hitting, it was like he just put on he put on a, a clinic. So, I mean, that baseline floater he did, it was like high skied up in the air, was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. The only the only thing with I'd have to go back and look at all sixteen. Shots. I wonder how much defense was was being played. Um, I don't know, listen. Regardless, sixteen. Why do they even have referees? They ain't calling fouls. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like, what do they? Do? They're not. I think. I think that when they started to change the All Star game, it started to get worse. Um, I think that I think you sort of see like when they change the All Star game, everything's has been getting worse and worse after it like i understand that now it goes to charity i think i think you'll see i I would like to see them you know do what they do in the fourth quarter do it for all quarters you know it'll really make those guys like compete and and you know first one to you know and it doesn't always have to be the same point amount first quarter could be like all right the first one to 30 and then the second quarter could be 24 and then it could be 30 again and then 24 or or 21 you know the last the last quarter you know yeah i I, listen i think there's there's so many different ways that i think people think about how to change it and i I wish it sort of would just go back to the the way it was Mm -hmm. and east first west yeah yeah like the draft thing like i understand why they do the draft thing now but you know i Again, I go back to the the '90s era of basketball, which we we all sort of grew up, you know, '90s to 2000, basically. Yeah. Like that that era of like you were on the East team, you're on the West team, and you guys go against each other. Like, yeah, and and yeah, the Eastern Conference guys were obviously a little bit of friends and here and there, and but they were going, they always went at each other. You very rarely see anybody like go one on one against any anybody. It was a pride thing, though. It was like, yeah, we're the yeah. East. You know what I mean? We're the beast in the East. Or no, West is best. We're going to show you, the, like, you know, and that was part of the competitiveness of it. And now, you know, it's like, like I keep saying, it's like LeBron and friends. It's like, all right, let's let's all get our friends together and, you yeah. know. And then, like, the draft thing, like, again, I understand why they do it for another night. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can make, like, the, the drama of, like, who's LeBron going to pick first and this, that, and the other thing. But it's like, I don't know. It's like overplayed to, to me. Like I watch it cause I'm a fan, but like, and I guess, I mean, check for them for they, for doing what they do. Yeah. But like the other, the other things, like I do like the skills competition. Cause I actually think that like, honestly is from skills. skills I like what they did switch it up because the, fir- yeah. the earlier, the earlier part, like versions of the skills comment that just hit a ceiling real fast. But now they've like introduced like new layouts of it and stuff. Yeah. It's like dribbling of- around cones. Like everyone can do that, especially yeah. an NBA player. And then like how many NBA players miss layups? It's like, yeah, great. Yeah. Hey, you know? shut up. And then the, the other aspect of it, which, you know, again, I guess I hyped up a little too much was like the dunk contest, the three point competition. And like, I still stand for what I say. Like, it's an exciting thing. I think just think the, 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 the players that were 
that were in it sort of didn't really perform. Like when, when I go to see a, a three-point competition, granted, hats off to Carl Anthony Towns for winning it. But like if if Trey Young's supposed to be as good as he's he is, he should be he should be winning that every year. Oh yeah, Steph, no doubt. Steph Curry should be in it every year. Like I'd be want to I I want to show up to to All Star Weekend knowing that I'm going to go home with that hardware and I'm the best shooter. And I feel like that's not the bragging rights that these guys want anymore. Also, again, going back to like not messing with the original, this whole thing now with like now they have like one part where there's like a Mountain Dew ball. It's worth three points. Yeah, you don't like that out here. Get that the fuck out of here. No, no, no. You don't get three more points. But that's like Trey. That's like Trey Young's range, though. Yeah, but that then that could be like a half court competition or some bullshit. Well, that's the skills competition. Right, but like it doesn't need to be in the three point competition. The three point competition has it racks of balls. The last ball was a money ball. Okay, and that's the way it was. Do you like the all money ball rack? I. Not really. It, I think it takes the purity away from it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if I'm a lefty and, in, you know, I feel better shooting from the left side and that's where I put my, my, my rack, my money ball rack, and I can hit them all, of course it's a competitive advantage that way. Yeah. You know? I just well, I, I think it added a, a piece of, like, strategery to it. It's like – Yeah. Like, no one has the money, balls, money ball rack at the baseline. Well, if I remember correctly, I don't think Cat would have won the competition if it wasn't for that all money ball rack because that's when he got hot. He started hitting. He hit like, you know, how many do you get? Five in a rack or whatever. He hit like four out of the five of those. And if it wasn't for that rack, you know, I could be I could be getting it completely wrong. But uh, I don't know. I just like it's also, six hit, points. also hit a couple of them. I think he hit at least one of those Mountain Dew balls, too, which. Yeah. And that's six go. points right there. Yeah, like that. That's basically one less than a rack, right? I mean, I think it's cool money ball. Like, to see. Like, I get what you're saying, John. Like, I would love to see Steph Curry be like, I'm going to enter this thing every year, and I'm going to try to win it for as many years as I possibly can, and set this like crazy record. But on the flip side, like, I also like seeing a big man like Cat, like, like forget that he won. Just the fact that like they're entering, it's like it just goes to show you like the evolution of the of the shot. Like you got guys like, you know, I mean, back in our day, Patrick Ewing, like he probably would have got benched if he took a three point shot. Like Pat Riley would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, evolution of big man, I guess. But but also be kind of interesting too to like, like I like I was wondering like why Clay didn't enter like. Mm-hmm. Or other, other, you know, I'm 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 blank, drawing a blank of like three point guy that I wish was in it. I yeah. Um, it, About Devin, Seth Curry, he he's one of the best three. Seth Curry and the Devin Booker, you know, any other guy also that was at the All Star game. Robinson, you know, great, guys, great names, snipers. Yep. You know yep. those guys. You know, uh, uh, no. why, what what would what would stop Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson from being in it? They might have been in the last two years. I don't know. But yeah, Tatum was. I, I guess think Tatum was in it last year. Tatum, he takes a lot. You know, Tatum, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, I, it's and 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 then when you start to talk about like the dunk contest, and I think Stephen A. Smith sort of brought it up, and and I and I didn't like the way that that he wanted to change it. He wanted to like find 
dunkers from all across the country and then bring the best 10. And like, I think, I think that's not the way to do it, but there's gotta be some sort of, I don't know, incentive. Monetary isn't going to change it. LeBron James isn't going to do it for a million dollars. LeBron James isn't going to do it for $10 million. You know what I mean? And these young kind of like the idea of these no name guys doing it just for the fact that like, it gives a chance for a young no name guy to become somebody, you know what I mean? Like, like the Isaiah Ryder or, or, you know, baby Jordan back in the day or D Brown, like these guys that like, we're good. It's going to be an NBA player though. It's still not to be an NBA player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, not NBA, like, it's the NBA all-star weekend. This is not, yeah. uh, this is not the N one, you know, Stephen A's like bring all- guys from like that dunk competition. I'm like, no, nah, I mean, nah, nah. bring them in, bring them in to be a judge. I don't care. You know what I mean? But like, um, but you know, the one idea I was kicking around in my head was like, like speaking of the judges, like get them more involved, have Dominique Wilkins, you know, pull, you know, pull, have those judges have like five dunks and you know, that like they have to, they have to tell the guy who's in the contest. All right, you're doing the, the, the the two handed windmill slam. You know what I mean? Like but you have to tell them what to do. You have to have tell to. them what to do. Yeah, you know? it's not a bad idea. Because uh, yeah, I, God, I'm sorry. I, uh, maybe it's just for a round. Maybe it's just for like the second round or something that they do that. You know? Yeah. It round. could be like I think one year they did have like a spin, like a spin thing. Like I think a, that was the Philly year. They had a wheel. I right, think. and you had to do like free throw line. You know, Jordan free throw line, or like you know mm-hmm. Harold Miner. You know. Yeah, it, it need, the bottom line is it needs something because the guys that they got, what 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 I didn't understand was like they didn't seem like they had their shit together. No, they didn't. And if I'm going to show up at All Star Weekend and I'm not a superstar, which none of no, none of those guys were, like I want to like practice. I want to talk to someone for some creativity. I want to get some thoughts on things. And like, I feel like just everyone just like those guys just showed up. They mailed it in. They just mailed it in. And someone else said that, you know, I think that someone on the broadcast, I don't know if it was Kenny or someone, they, they, they called it out. They made a good point. They said, you know, all these guys, he goes, none of these guys really stand out to me as like high flyers. They're all like, in-game dunkers like they're they're all solid in-game dunkers like they they get out on a fast break and they can finish at the rim and just know how to throw it down but like i mean that that last dunk that um opie toppin did that like it took them it took him 25 times to do it you know number one and he bounced it off the glass and in it looked like a layup Mm -hmm. like it didn't even look like a dunk you know what i mean no i agree it just when you've got guys like Kareem and other guys like getting up and just walking away in the middle of the contest, they completely turned off. Like that's there's just a big problem there. Yeah. They should definitely sit down and figure out a way next year to make it better. I don't think it's going to be like someone brought up about like oh, if you get John Morant and Zion, you're not going to get LeBron, but it, those uh, those guys that are the young, you know, Anthony Edwards, the guys like jumping out of the gym type players. I think John Moran should do it, man. That kid. 
I mean, his thought I someone posted on Twitter, like the, they showed like the dunks he did in the all-star games. Like that would have won the dunk. Well, was. Like the alley-oop stuff that guys do. Like yeah. that's the other thing. Every time you see a, which I never understand in a dunk contest, every time they bring someone out, it's like bounce it off the side of the backboard or like hold it for me. Why is no one ever like running and doing an alley-oop dunk? Like, I feel like that would be like a, a, a great way to, 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 to perform a dunk. I, I don't know. Yeah. Every, it's always like either I'm going to bounce it to myself or I'm going to bring out a guy and he's going to hold it or bounce it off the side. It's like, it's silly in my yeah. opinion, but they got to figure it out. I mean, again, I don't know how I, I really have to think. And then you'd really have to talk to the players. Well, these, un- these unlimited attempts, they got to get rid of that. Cause that just deflates yeah. the entire building. Yeah. Or, or, or like the surf, the surf competition way, right? You get three minutes on the clock and you do as many dunks as you want, and they base it on your like on your heat, you know. And maybe maybe that's it. But then again, like you you know as well as anyone, like if you're gonna jump six, seven, eight, nine, ten times in three minutes, you're gonna get tired. Yeah, you're woke. You know? Even even the even the best like Blake Griffin when he did it, like or or Vince Carter. Although Vince Carter, I mean, shit, he he probably can still dunk today. After like the the third round, he's he seemed like he was kind of winded, but you know, I don't know. I, well, I don't. Those guys brought it. Like those guys, like yeah. And we haven't had we haven't had the best dunk. We haven't had a good dunk competition since like Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Yeah, I think the last time Zach Levine sort of got, I think I think he he got snubbed. Right, he got yeah. snubbed. It was like, all right, forget it. You know what I mean? And then these guys are like, all right, I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the solve is to get people to want to do it. Um, I think the fact that they, like I said, they're changing things because because now they're sponsors and all this other shit. It's like it's tough. It's tough. I, I you know, the 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 you look at the home run all star game, a home run derby, like. Nothing really has changed with that except for maybe like the gold ball, which yeah. I think one of it goes to charity or something. But it's still the essence is the same. You're still hitting a home run, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like they give you a bigger bat or, a, a, you know, a, a softer ball to hit out or, you know, the balls are in a bucket full of ice or something that makes it easier to hit, you know? The All-Star game is basically a, a game that – I'm sorry, the, the Home Run Derby is basically an event that, like, has never changed. You know, um, I wonder if, but, they, if if you do it like similar to how like 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 some Olympic sporting events, like the snowboarding halfpipe competition, right? They know, like, they have their routine. So, like, as they're going down the halfpipe, they have a list of the tricks that they've already planned out for their routine. They're going to go into this trick, then into this trick, then into this trick, and based on that routine is that level of difficulty and based on how clean they do the routine is how many points they get, you know, the judges, that's how they weigh it out. Maybe it's something like that. Now it it can't be like eight dunks in a row. They'll be dead. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. maybe it's each round you get like, like you said, like three minutes to do your routine, which is three dunks. Maybe this is also the antithesis now of getting LeBron to do the dunk contest. You know, they need something. I think he's too old now. I'll tell you what, he could, 
you watch him, he could still get up. He's still an athletic freak of nature, man. He really is. You know, he is, he could still jump out of the gym, you know? Yeah. But as us old dudes know, that, you know, you can go to bed with that skill and then wake up the next morning and it be, and it's, you don't have it anymore. Yeah. And and shame on that one guy, Cole Anthony, for jumping in Tim's. I was like, Jesus, this is not a good idea. That dude was annoying. I'm like, and then it looked like he like hurt his thumb when he dunked that one time. He did. He and did. Like, he was no, and then he wasn't good the rest of the time. And then I'm like, well, that. Well, then I'm thinking in my back of my head, I'm like, well, that's another reason why not to do it. You, okay, you could get hurt. And someone brought up the last time, like for the for the home run derby, like it affects guys' swings. I mean, yeah. I don't think dunking really affects guys' shooting or any of that nature. But you know, is there something that you know? It's just like anything else. If you prepare and you practice and you you go into it like a professional should, you know, I don't care if it's like for charity or what you're representing yourself, you're representing the league, you know, you're on national television, you know, I don't know, man, do a better job. When guys, you gotta do a better job. When guys like Vince Carter show up and Vince Carter was, was not a superstar at that time. Mm -mm. But once he did that dunk contest, you were like, your mind was blown. And it soared for him, no pun intended. Like yeah. after that, I think he got like Nike shoe deal. That's when he did the shocks and everything. Like <clears throat> he was that that event and the way he performed catapulted him in the NBA. Well, same thing with D Brown. Like D Brown wore the pumps, but he didn't have his own pump shoe until after the dunk contest. Then it was oh, Nike Reebok came out with the D Brown pump, you know, and it had his. It had his logo on it with him covering his eyes and stuff, you know. I mean, uh, Nate Robinson for as as um as not a, I want to say he was not a talented basketball player. He was talented, but like the the short guy dunking to me was like a kind of an amazing thing. I mean, he was shorter. Was he shorter than Spud Webb or was, or Spud Webb's? No, Spud Webb was like five six. I don't know the comparison, but still watching a short guy like that do the dunks that he did, that to me was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And that sort of like set him up a little bit in the NBA moving forward in his career too, because he was, he was very athletic, you know? So I, I don't know if, it, if, if maybe a couple young guys, the the next draft class, maybe, or maybe a couple younger guys that are maybe in the G league and, and, and are making their way up to the NBA, maybe, you know, want to, want to catapult their careers and maybe have some ideas because I'm sure they all watched it. And they thought that this thing, that thing was, was booty and it was. Um, and then the all-star game, you know, like I said, until they sort of, they, they changed the LeBron and friends stuff. I think, you know, that's going to be, be what it is. It's going to be interesting to see what, after LeBron retires, like what this league's going to do with a lot of stuff. Cause I feel like yeah. he, he's influenced so so much of this stuff you know but the I one think that's thing- his legacy really I, I think we i yeah. think someone someone said it on the telecast i think when they were talking about lebron and it was like jordan jordan's error was to bring it globally right he jordan brought the game globally mm-hmm. uh we can go back farther magic and bird um forget well, what magic and bird like saved the league from going like bankrupt <laughs> 
basically right. like things, like they're like yeah. they're going back and forth. Jordan made it globally, and then like LeBron has made it to be like it's okay to like play with friends. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is moving forward. You know, it's kind of watered it down from a competition standpoint. Like I feel like it's just taken a little bit of where it's yeah. stuff. It's also taken a lot away. But know? it's amazing to see how now other sports are doing it. Like with football, right? Yeah. It's like Tom Brady wants to bring his friends to play or, you know, you know, insert a team here and, and you know, the, the main guy, LA Rams come play yeah. with me, come play with us now. Yeah. You know, same thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, I agree with you. It, it waters it down. It doesn't make it as competitive in my event, in my point of view. Like if, if I could get a superstar, like you'd be silly to think now that like a team, like the, the Baltimore, um, the Baltimore, the, the Brooklyn Nets before James Harden was traded, wasn't going to be a good team. You know what I mean? Like two guys in the all time 75 list, Kyrie right there. And then you add in a bunch of other guys who are, at one point, they were superstars. LaMarcus Aldridge, DeAndre Jordan, I'm sorry, um, Blake Griffin, you know, all these guys. And you're like, yeah, they put together another all-star team like like L.A. tried to do this year, but it were, it, it, it went in the opposite direction. So, yeah, you hear what Chuck said about the, the Lakers? He's like, can you imagine how much Ben Gay and BioFreeze and Icy Hot is going on in that locker room after the yeah. game? And, and the other thing – to the, the this could segue good into the Sixers points is like I was reading about how um Clutch Sports wasn't very happy with Rob Polinka and what he didn't do at the at the um trade deadline. Apparently there was a deal on the table to get Russell Westbrook to Houston and John Wall to be traded to the Lakers. And I think Clutch had a pretty heavy hand in that and Rob Polinka did not do the deal and apparently that pissed some of the, the clutch folks off. Well, I'd feel so bad for the clutch folks. Let me tell you, yeah. my heart well, it's, it, it's, it, it's in, an interesting thing now because we're starting to see more of that, right? We saw it first with Anthony Davis. We saw it. Now we're seeing with Ben Simmons. Now we're seeing it with guys like John Wall and, and the common denominator here is the agents, right? It's, it's like, it's like now we have a Drew Rosenhaus in the NBA and it's, it's not going to be good. You know, I'll take the, I'll take the position with Jesse now that Jesse's not, not on the pod tonight, but like, he's right. It's really going to hurt the league that these guys keep doing this stuff. It's, it's, you hear that, it's not, Bill? Mark it down 30 minutes and 41 seconds in John says, Jesse's right. <laughs> <laughs> Historic moment happening here. Yeah, he's, he's exactly right. You, you, you think about it. Like, you know, you wouldn't want it. We don't want that to happen for any of our guys. Right. No, we, we wouldn't Joel Embiid tomorrow to be like, you know what? Screw this. I want to go play with Devin Booker, you know, mm-hmm. and sit. Yeah, you know, we ha- we already had it with Ben Simmons, and he wasn't had even, one. And he wasn't even. I won't say he wasn't that good. He had the potential. He, I think, he still has potential if he get his head out of his ass. But you know, these guys that are already bona fide sort of superstars, and the and the and the pouting and crying to to move to a different destination. Like that's why I sort of respect Damian Lillard for the way he's, he's played it until I guess he gets traded. Well, when you really look at the whole position that Ben's in now, he doesn't really need to shoot. You know, you got KD, you got Kyrie. They're both going to be fighting over one ball. 
if I'm Ben Simmons, I'm I'm keeping I'm doing what I'm I've always been doing. You know? Yeah, I just don't know how well he's gonna be with his back to the basket. Yeah, we know what he's like in postseason situations. Like, you know? Yeah. We know how we know how to prepare for, for Ben Simmons. Like yeah. You know, let Ben Simmons beat us. Yep. You know. 100%. Shut down KD, shut down Kyrie. If Kyrie even plays, part-time player, you know what I mean? Like like yeah. go ahead, Ben. Shoot. <laughs> my my biggest, I mean, my biggest fear, I mean, you you can't I I just think about okay, fine, Western Conference, you can't you can't not play a Western Conference team. So what team is it going to be? Is it going to be the Warriors? The Warriors are a team not is not a team I want to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I you know, do you want to play the Lakers with LeBron? No, I still wouldn't want to play the Lakers with LeBron. I'm sorry, I just wouldn't. Um, the Suns are a team I just wouldn't want to play. You know, p- past that, if I could get the Jazz or someone else, you know, I feel like we have a pretty good chance. So I'm sort of hoping for it not to be one of those three teams or one of those two teams. Because I really don't think the Lakers are are going to be that good, unless something gets turned around and when Anthony Davis comes back, maybe he's, you know, plays like a like a beast or something. Like I don't know. Well, it also all depends on how well the Joel Harden, you know, chemistry, you know, develops. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, Friday, I, I'm not expecting that much i'm not expecting like you know history to be made but um i think it'll be it's definitely going to be exciting but you know the first game them playing together there's going to be you know i think there's going to be nerves there's going to be expectations and stuff but um i mean i'm not expecting the world of the game i you know i mean bill might disagree i mean if james misses a shot i don't know bill might bill might run him out of town already most likely. Yeah, most likely. But uh, you know, I get him out. I mean, I I mean, I think it you know, a lot is to be determined, you know, if if we if if that if they become like a as scary of a unit as everyone's, you know, anticipating it being, I mean, look out. I mean, who knows? I mean, the Suns, I mean, we probably match. We probably still match up pretty well to the Suns, you know. They're talented. They got one hell of a coach, you know. Um, but he's from our pedigree, so it's you know it's. I don't know. I it's it's still too early to tell, you know. I think uh, a lot of things can happen. Um, I'm just excited to see you know this team move into the next realm of of Sixers basketball with Harden, Joel, Maxi on the rise, you know, Fiebel continuing to develop, you know, we just picked up, uh, uh, what's his name? Willie uh, Cauley Stein. Yeah. Cauley Stein, you know, not setting the world on fire, but you know, he'll give Joel a breather. You know, I mean, I mean, is it, is he drumming? Probably not, but do, do we need that at this point with the addition of Harden and, you know, I mean, what's the, I mean, maybe we talk about that. Like, what's the strategy now? Do we, are we just straight up trying to just outscore teams now? Yes. You know? 
I mean, that's got to be it. That's how we're built. We're built to win games 125 to 120. Like, we're built to put up points. Like, that's – like. the, we we had it. We were we were we were preached defense defense and Joel still one of the best probably second best defensive center behind Gobert in the league. Um, uh, James Harden's not all defensive, but he's much better than a Seth Curry. Um, Maxi's still growing. Like we're gonna have defenders, um, but like this team is built to not run and gun, but like we're built to score points. Like that's how we're winning. A, we're not winning a championship 106 to 103. We're winning 118 to 116. Like we're we like we're sacrificing, you know, rebounding because that's our biggest. That's the reason we only signed Willie Cauley. Other than Joel, we only had our biggest guys six seven, six eight, and Paul Reed and Millsap. They list them at six nine, but they're all six seven basically. Well, Bill, I also forgot to mention, you know, with you know with the new look and the new strategy. You 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 brought up an interesting you know synopsis about Tobias. Like we could see like a whole other we could see a totally rejuvenated Tobias Harris. I think that's the other reason he wasn't traded at the deadline for like like a CJ McCollum or like a Buddy Hill kind of player. Because then again, this is just speculation. I think Tobias is is a true six eight. They put him at six nine, but he's capable of defending like. He cut. He he guarded Garland in the second half of that Cavs game after uh, last set, two Saturdays ago, and he just played well. Like Toby, without having pressure on him, like is a different kind of player. Like you just you, you, like you just see it. Like not that I watched his entire career before Philly. He's like an Eagle Dollar. But him, but but him just being like, hey, catch the ball and shoot it now. Don't overthink this. Like like that's his game. Like. When he tries to think about stuff, because he's not the most athletic guy, but he has like he's savvy. But when, it, but with a guy like with James and Joel now, it's basically gonna be, I guess, drive if it's wide open. But if not, just where you're at, shoot the ball, Toby. Just shoot the ball. That's what you're paid to do. Um, and I think he will. I think he's gonna. I, I think the fact that you can no longer double team him in any capacity if James and Joel are on the court. And if you do double team him for whatever reason, he's a capable passer to find the open guy. So, you know, not that this is where I was going, but I've been thinking about, and we'll and we'll probably tweak it maybe a couple times. But I'm kind of starting to think that we can't start Thibel. Like he's got to be a bench player. I think that his offense is going to be, it's going to be like having Ben out there, not at Ben of the black hole. But we saw it a little bit. Um, and again, Boston did it exactly how we cheered Ben. They just didn't even guard Thibel. They just were like, you can fucking shoot. You do you. We're going to we're gonna not worry about the other four guys out here. And I think good playoff teams are going to do that. So that brings us to the Danny Green conundrum. You know, he, he's not, he can't be playing 30, 35 minutes a game. He's good for maybe 20, 25 tops. So you got to kind of pick and choose. Because I think you want his shooting at the end of the game, unless we sign somebody or Doc has the hot hand mentality. Because thinking about it, I don't know. Like, you know, and it, it'll get decided a playoff roster. We're not very big. Like, we need a big guy in the buyout market. Like, we need we need a body. Like, I like Paul Reed. 
He's six seven, six eight. Same with Millsap, like Bassie, six seven, six eight. Like, you know, like if we're gonna be playing, you know, the Bucks, Robin Lopez, if he comes back, like that's a beefy body. And Serge Ibaka, you know, the Bulls just signed Tristan Thompson, you know, and they and 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 they already had that guy uh, Vukovic. So I think uh, I know we weren't going in this direction, so I'm sorry about bringing the, the lineup up, but. You can go the direction you want. Racking my brain about what the starting five is going to be. I'm not. I'm not sure what. Like, like, like I think it'll be Thibel to start, like for Friday. My gut, yeah. or maybe Danny Green, but I don't know. As much as I well, love Thibel, I think that's why I think you're going to see a lot of that on Friday, Bill. Like that's why I'm not. I'm not expecting the world on Friday. I, Cause I no, think I games see to look old, good. Old like games up. to like make good decisions. If, if shots don't fall, they don't fall. He hasn't, he hasn't played in three weeks, but just, you know, I like to see like, not like seven turnovers on like, like, all right, what are you doing? Like, you know, like don't try to have silly highlight plays, just play the game, let it come. And, you know, and I agree, like, you know, win or lose, not the end of the world. The, the, the Tim Wilson are a playoff team in the West. So they're not like bums by any means. You know, I, I think we, I think we'll dominate them because I think Joel's just on a mission. I think he's just, I think he just wants, he's just that focused on winning it. Like, I think Ben dissing him is just, again, not that. I this is the only thing that fueled him, but I think, I don't want to say hatred because I don't think Joel's that kind of guy. The contempt he has for Ben has been motivation for Joel like no other. I think that and losing to the Hawks and the embarrassment of being the one seed and losing game seven at home. Like, and you didn't play super great in the fourth quarter either, Joel, like you missed a lot of shots like that you normally make. So, um, yeah, I just think that like, I expect this team to go on a pretty nice run. I think, you know, I think this is going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm on the, the, the glasses half full. I know we gave up some depth, you know, and Curry and Drummond people are worried about the Nets. Listen, the, the 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 league there's if if they play if they truly play and I could do this we could do this for another week and literally break it down team by team but I don't know if it all it, it all depends on who the fifth starter is Thibel or Danny Green or if we get a buyout market guy I think one through four our starting rotation is top three at worst in the NBA with James, Joel, Tobias, and Maxi, the way they score the ball, that score the ball. If they play to their levels, I mean, that's 90, that's about 90 points a game if they play like they're supposed to. And that means you only need 30 points from your bench and which is, and, and your fifth starter, which is all day, like all day. And so, but again, it's easy to talk about numbers and this and that you got to go do it together but I think I think more I, I think Maury's building this team like he's always envisioned it. Yeah you want guys who can defend and you can't be like like you don't have to be in a top five defense to win a championship. Like we're ranked ninth this year I'm pretty sure I saw like overall defense. Like you gotta be a top tier, top 10, 12, 14, but you also but you'd much rather be a top five scoring offense and a top ten defense than the other way around like we've been. Because we've been a top five defense and like a top twelve, top fourteen scoring offense, and look look look, look where we've been—three straight second round losses. 
Because then no matter what in the playoffs, you got to score a point. Like every game he lost, look, I mean, we lost game five, what, like 103 to 106, like 106 points at home. Like we couldn't score 107 at home in a game seven. Like it's an NBA team. I get it. It's a half court. It's just, and that. but like, because we literally had a black hole on offense and Ben Simmons, like, and, and I'm not picking shots at the guy because he's not here anymore. But the reality is, is, it's pretty. It's it's a lot easier for a team to stop you from scoring when you know you only got to guard four guys in the half court, and that's literally what it was. And that's why I think Seibel is a real question mark, because I think teams are going to do that because they're going to choose to say, "All right, you can beat us all day, Matisse," and, and I think that's going to be a problem. But if you got Danny Green out there, you leave Danny Green alone. And again, this is a big if. You got to stay healthy. But Danny Green, I feel I'll, I don't care if Danny Green takes ten threes a game, he still probably make four or five. So, you know, that to me, I think is the biggest thing. We got to get a, a shooter in that, that fifth spot because if the ball's moving like it's going to be moving and they double team Joe or James on the outside, like there's going to be an open guy all the time in this offense now. But a guy got to be able to hit shots. Like it's. So. I mean, do we potentially get a DeAndre Jordan? I mean, he's out there. I mean, I think Willie Cauley signed a better version of him, honestly, because he's seven feet. Like, I know you hear a name like Robin Lopez. You're hearing and, um, like Kelly Olenek is somebody I like, but I don't know if he's going to get bought out. Um, Willie Cauley Stein like, was just drafted too, right? Isn't that? He was, he was number six overall pick in like 14 or 15. He's only in the league six, seven years. He's young. He yeah. sat out this year. He had some, some, some mental stuff, I guess, personal stuff off the court and then they kind of just cut him because they needed a, a player in that spot. But I mean, again, he's not an elite player, but he's that kind of guy like a JaVale McGee. If you get him motivated and buying in, he'll get, you know, two or three dunks, a couple of rebounds and a block or two, like out of nowhere, like, all right, good block. Like that saved the momentum. Like that's what he's going to get you. Cause Joel's going to play 38, 40 minutes. So you need somebody like Collie Stein or whoever to play eight, 10 minutes. You and he's two. only he's only there for ten days, so depending so, on. Well, I think that what that is is if you play good, we're going to sign you. It's a tryout yeah. because yeah. I think we're deciding: do we want size, which I think we do, or do we just go with Paul Reed and Millsap and play the hot hand to back up Joe? But now, literally, our backup centers are six eight. That's not. Yeah, no. You you need another. You need another tall dude. I think you do, and you know. So I think, but I think it's just the reality. It's. He's a guy that's out there, and it's your boy. But apparently, I'm hearing we're not big on him at all. Um, is uh, Freedom Cantor is, is available? He got cut by Boston a couple like a week or two ago. He's sitting there, but apparently, his like complete lack of defense is very unappealing to the Sixers because he doesn't really even attempt to play it. <laughs> yeah, and you need a guy to come in and at least be like a hustle. Like that's why like I like Paul Reed, but it's just tough put those minutes on a, on a second year player. Cause Paul Reed really reminds me of a little smaller version of Rashard Holmes. Just has that quick bounce, has that energy, just has that. I don't give a fuck mentality. I'm going to attack the rim. Like he has that swag like Holmes did. It's just, he's a little smaller. Holmes is like six, nine, six, ten, And Paul Reed's like a true power forward. Like I mean, six, or do you, ki- I mean, or do you still kick the tires on a, DeAndre Jordan, or I uh, just say a Mike Muscala. 
Mike Muscala literally would be a wet dream for Daryl Morey, the best-case scenario. He's one of the best big man shooting three-point shooters in the league. And he's a legit 6'10", 6'11", and can rebound. He's listed as 6'11". He is. I'm telling you right now, that would be uh, Daryl Morey's number one option for the buyout market. It would be him, and then number two would be uh, Dennis Schroeder. Go get him. It's it's only a $3.5 million dollar option well like, no the, the 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 thunder have to do it like they got to agree to pay it to cut him loose and, yeah, and he and he just got hurt too i think and but the the guy that i'm keen into if you know like, like if we get just a token big like literally like if you sign call sign like he plays okay and okay you'll be our bet backup big for emergencies the guy that i think could really be a game changer for our second unit is like well, a dentist like uh, Den- no, Dennis Schroeder. Well, yeah, I mean, I have my eye on him too, but do we need another point guard in the mix? Yeah, because then then you can let Shake play the two when he comes in on the second unit. And then if you bring James in and you go small, now James is just that yeah, shooting. I mean, I'm, like, I've always liked Schroeder. Schroeder, I mean, and he's on, a, he's on a one-year deal, so like those are the years I get bought out. And if he asks out of Houston, supposedly, unless they're going to offer him a big contract, they usually, you know, agree to do that to veterans. I think Schroeder's the kind of guy that can give you 15 in a game that's like, oh, shit. And he if, had 15 in this game? If that's the case, then we're definitely – we're built to just score the basketball. No, I mean, I think that's I think that's Daryl Morey's philosophy is, like I said, you got to be a decent defense and, like, you, you got to be capable to make some stops when you need to. But we've been the other we like I said we've been a top three top five defense the last four years and like a top fifteen offense and I think I, I think that's going to flip but Daryl's yeah. like goal is and also top you five think like the teams out in the West like to your point John the Warriors like they're a video game I mean they mm-hmm. have, literally have two cheat codes on their team that can just you know you punch it's up up down down left right left right. And, you know, they're hitting half-court shots <laughs> at will, you know. Yeah, I mean, that team, you know, if they – if Clay Thompson can get back to, you know, old-school Clay Thompson, Steph Curry's going to be Steph Curry. You got Wiggins. Draymond's going to be coming back from injury. And then they have some, some, some nice young pieces around them as well that – and, of they course, do. they're well-coached. They do. So, yeah, you're right. Another person, another guy for buyout, which would be interesting too, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I saw him too. I, I mean, I, like, I'm leaning more Schroeder than Bledsoe, though. Um, but no, I mean, it, he's definitely he's definitely a, a veteran, and you know, he's a baller. I mean, it's he's definitely I mean, yeah, has, but he's he's like behind. Schroeder for me, like Matt said, and probably I, I don't I don't think Gary Harris is gonna get bought out. That's a name that we'd really like yeah. Orlando. But uh um Eric Bledsoe wouldn't not be a bit like I'd rather get him than nothing. Like like yeah, I think he's an addition, like he can give you a minute. I agree. Yeah. He's a he's a point guard. He defends he de- he defends not a great shooter, but at least he has like the balls to shoot. Sometimes it's all you what you gotta do is like he's like a poor man's Lowry. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. That that's a that's a good comparison. He's like a little probably better defender. Nah, Kyle, yeah, you're right. I think Kyle's a little better at everything. But Kyle's also thirty million a year, and this guy's could be for league minimum. Exactly. 
so no, I, 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 I think that's important for us is our bench could still use one or two more pieces to kind of solidify it. But, you know, we're definitely a top heavy team. That's how we're designed. But Isn't it nice to be a team that guys that get bought out want to play for? Yeah. It's a different feeling, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's exactly what we always thought was not the case in, in this city. You know, we always thought free agents don't want to come here. They don't want to deal with Philly. They don't want to deal with the media. They don't want to deal with this team and the bullshit politics of the ownership and, and, and all the other, you know, drama we had and, and for, you know, forget about the, and on, you know, I mean, the Ben thing was, you know, just a huge alpha in the room, but like now it's like, that's what I always thought of like with doc, like where he has his, you know, he definitely has his shortcomings, but you know, guys around the league, he just has their respect. And I think it's one thing that doc totally, you know, brings to this organization is, is um, guys wanting to, to play for him, you know, and they appreciate and respect you know, how he got where he is and um, they, they want to be coached by him, you know, uh, uh, and, and forget uh, the Eric Bledsoe thing. He's making, uh, he's making $18 million this year, <laughs> but now the team could buy him out and say, Hey, we'll give you 6 million to call it a deal. Like, and then you get yeah, bought. his current contract. That was four years, 70 million. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think he's going to get bought he's, out on that. Unless he really, really doesn't want to play for whatever team he's on. And like, yeah, like Schroeder, like to Bill's point, it's like it's a six million dollar deal. Like that's it. They could offer him whatever, and then he can go come sign here. I think Doc Rivers. I this kind of popped into my head, and maybe this is why I have contempt at times for him. But I've given him a clean slate. He has his point guard. Doc Rivers to me gives me like Andy Reidish vibes because everything you hear about Doc is that he's a player's coach, a veteran's coach, doesn't grill you too hard, but knows when to make you practice hard sometimes before certain games, kind of knows how to give you the day off when you've got a tough loss or a tough win. Like, he's that kind of, that's why he, he's a player's coach. Like, he, 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 he goes off the pulse of the, the vibe of the team, which I respect, but the X and the O's kind of like how Andy, it's, yeah, he's good at prepping for a game, and when the plan doesn't happen the way it's supposed to, then it's like, they bang their head against the wall and it's like, yeah. well, they're a good coaches. Like, yeah, but you know, good coaches also make like, and that, you know, and this isn't a turn into hammer Andy or hammer doc thing, but it just, I guess to, to his fairness now it's, he, he really has no, I don't want to say excuses, but he has no reason but to succeed because he came here to win a championship. The only reason he came here, made that clear when he signed, he said, and, and I, I, I believe him. He's the kind of coach that needs to be able to handle a James Harden, a Tobias, a Joel, and also groom a Maxi in the right way. And like, I think that's like, he has the no fuck around time until it's go time. And now he has one of the top scorers in NBA history on his team. You know, I don't want to, I, I, I don't ever want to see us get out schemed again. If shots aren't falling, Hey, everybody goes cold some games. He can't put the butt. But if we're noticeably at bad lineups or, or he's just not, you know, playing the right guys, that's something that but I don't even want to go down that road because I think it's this team is almost idiot proof, like barring anything crazy, like barring like James, like 
But I think that I mean that like, like that can actually all gets discussed before you make the trade, right? Like James comes here knowing that your goal number one is to get Joel the ball early and often, get him, let him eat, and then when he comes out, you go to work. Like that's when James that's that's when you eat James. Not that you can shoot when Joel's on the court, not like that. But I think James came here knowing this is Joel's team and I'm going to get my 25-30, but it's going to be in spots. Like, it's not going to be like – and I think that's why he wanted out of Brooklyn. I was reading more about it, how, like, KD really put the full-court press to him when, you know, when James said he wanted out of Houston. And, like, he, like, arranged meetings between KD, James, and the Nets owner to, like, make it happen – um, cause like Katie told him on, Hey, just come here, be the point guard to shoot with the ball score when we need you. But like, we're going to win you a chip. And then when the Ky- Kyrie bullshit happened, Katie kind of showed that he's not like a leader leader. Like I'm not bashing KD, but he didn't really keep this game together. Like here's a, for instance, he didn't, he, he couldn't go to the all-star game cause he started. Okay. How about five days before the All-Star game, he flew to Washington, D.C. with his teammates. Well, where is he from? Where does he have a house? Washington, D.C. So he could fly from Brooklyn to D.C. to be with his teammates to stay an extra night and party, but he couldn't fly to the All-Star game a few days later. Well, so, his, his, grandmother di- his grandmother died. But that, she didn't pass away before the Nets, for the, for the Wizards thing. Like, and, and again, I'm not picking on him for one road trip. I'm just saying the fact that he could he couldn't lead OKC. He wasn't the leader in Golden State. He was the best player. I don't doubt that. <laughs> but that was Steph's team. I mean, that's why he left, and that's why Ben left too. Because no matter what he did, this was always going to be Joel's team, and Ben couldn't handle that. So this whole thing about them thinking, yeah, Ben's going to be on his good behavior for a little bit, but it like. The honeymoon isn't going to be as long as they think because, yes, the Nets have Katie and Kyrie and Seth and Patty Mills, some capable shooters. It doesn't matter when you don't have to play one guy on defense at all. When you don't have to worry about playing Ben, we saw for four years, dude. They don't have some magic recipe. Unless he starts shooting jump shots, there's nothing they can do because everyone's just going to back off Ben, and then in the fourth quarter, hack a Ben comes in. Yeah, they're going to lock and they're going to lock everyone else down and be like, Ben, come on and beat us, man. And so, like, this whole thing about how, yeah, he'll, he'll be able to get the ball to them. And then, you know, he 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 didn't want to be demoted off the point guard from us, even though he got demoted twice. You think Kyrie is really going to defer the ball to him? You think Goran Jogic is going to defer the ball to him in crunch time? Like, no, and the first time – the first so, time like, Durant or Kyrie rip into him about something. Everyone is saying the Brooklyn thing is going to be like, the per- he's Draymond and this and that. Draymond was willing to be Draymond. Ben thinks he is a franchise superstar. Like, there's a big difference between Draymond and the second-round pick who was happy to be in the league and earned every minute of where he's at, Hall of Fame or not. That's a different episode. You'll, um, learn, you'll learn a lot about Ben Simmons in the next half of the season because he basically sat out half a season and now he's got to put up and shut up. Now he can't, there's no other crutch that he can, he can have now. And if he wants another contract in the next four years, he's going to have to sort of show that he can be a player on a team. 
I'm with I'm sort of with Matt. Like I don't give a fuck about the guy. He can he could shit rainbows and glitter. I don't give a shit. My biggest my biggest concern now is for the Sixers and hoping that Joel Embiid. The pressure is on. There's pressure on both Joel Embiid and James Harden. I think more so James than Joel. But what Joel is going to have to understand and learn that, and it's going to be different for him now. And I don't know, not sure if he understands that yet. He can't play entirely the same way he has been playing with James Harden. He can't be bringing the ball up the court. He can't be at the top of the key, faking it, faking a three and driving to the net. He can't be doing that. He well, really he can't pick and roll. I mean, if they do a pick and roll, that could be pick, and, pick and roll completely different. That's a yeah. big man game. Pick and roll. I, I still believe, although Joel Embiid can shoot three-pointers, I still believe now this should be a, another reason for him to not shoot three-pointers. I agree. Like, maybe two or three a game if he kind of falls into them, so be it. Maybe, maybe. But, like, he shouldn't be, like, popping five or six. I, I agree. I 100%. This, and, and plus, we need his size down low. Yes. All the, and, and we need him not clogging up the wing for Harden and Maxi now, like we need to let them operate. And he can be dominant down there. He can be dominant at, on a pick and roll. He can be dominant with the ball at the foul line extended. Right. But, but having guys like Danny green, having guys like Joel, uh, I'm sorry, like James Harden, um, a guy like shake, if he was in the, you know, shooter, like let those guys do the work and and then he's got to clean up a little bit. He's got to do some of the dirty work too. No, that's what I mean. He's our biggest body. Like he needs to have 18 rebound games, like a lot. Like yes. he needs to – that Drummond is a huge miss. And obviously they're not, they're not out there together. But like Joel needs to worry about maybe scoring 26 with 17 rebounds instead of scoring 34 with nine rebounds. Like yes. we need you yeah. to rebound like and block shot. No, you're right, John. Exactly. He needs to realize – MVP numbers might go down, but wins are going to go up because James is going to get his 27, 28. But we need him to get 27 or 28. Like right. that, what he brings. You're not just you're not just going to take James. You know, you're not just going to take James in, and you're still going to play your same game. It's just not going to. No, you're, not, you're right. It's and not I don't work. think so, John. With him, with him bringing the ball up and playing a little more in the wing, I think it's probably because we don't have anybody to do that with the ball. Like Joel Embiid this season has scored the most post up points. With 392. You can't Nicole, guard him. And that's the other thing, too. Is like, Jokic, no, Nikola Jokic is second with 301. And, like, that's the thing, like, because, like, some like the, 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 the New York media now who's all, all of a sudden the same guy, Ben Simmons, who was not capable of being, you know. Oh, fine. That's, an old, that's an old stat. Sorry. Scratch that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I read a stat somewhere today, actually, that has Embiid. Pretty, I think it was within like the last like couple years he has averaged like the most post up points. So that still has some validity to it. But anyway, uh, sorry, uh, carry on. Bill. Fine. But with Ben, like they're saying, oh, Ben can play shoot position, the small ball five. How fast do you think it's going to take for Ben to get three fouls on Joel in the post when Joel backs him down? So mm-hmm. Ben can play small ball five all he wants, but when he's on the bench watching the game because he's not going to be able to handle Joel, and oh, you want to come double Joel? And we got James, Tyrese, Toby. Like, this team is built to, like, score the ball. And that's why I'm excited that, like, you're right, John. If Joel really means what he says and winning a championship means more to him than winning an MVP, 
because I think his MVP season, I mean, it could happen. Like, obviously, how he did for Giannis last year where he was still the MVP and the championship. But like you said, Giannis doesn't play with anybody to James Harden's caliber. And I think James will concede to Joel a lot. He's still here to score. Like, he's not here just to be an assist guy. Like, he's here to put up 35 some games, and he's going to. So, Joel, you might put up up 22 that game and have 18 rebounds and seven blocks. But James was feeling it was – it went from eight to 12 from three this game. Joe, we had to feed the hot hand. James had it tonight. Like, and that's where I hope – and I do believe in my gut and my heart of hearts that we win and – Joel doesn't give a shit how the numbers look. Like, he wants his touches, don't get me wrong. But I really think him winning now, he, I, he, who knows? It's easy to sit here and say that when the guy's getting all the looks, like he said, and all the shots he wants. But I, I think that, you know, this is the kind of move you don't make without talking to Joel and being like, listen, big man, you might only get 18 shots some games instead of 25, but it's going to make your load a lot lighter. A lot less pressure. And then the good thing with Joel is, though, I will say this, John, for all the people that, you know, bash Harden for not getting to, winning the, getting to the finals and, and winning, excuse him for not getting past Golden State Warriors, arguably one of the best dynasties in basketball history. It wasn't like he was losing in the first round to the fucking Pelicans or the Mavs, all right? He, he, they ran into the Warriors two times in the conference finals. And the second time, Chris Paul got hurt. So that could have been a whole different story if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. But that aside, yes, James Harden in that game was like three for 15 from three, whatever. Guy kept shooting, which shows you he's got hard at least. He didn't shy away. And number two, if this is a tie game in game six or game seven, the ball's going to Joel. The make, no, make no mistakes about it. Like if they double team him or foul him, so be it. But if you don't, people don't think this ball, we're going to live and die with Joel on that last shot. Like, you're not watching. The, like, this is Joel's team. Like, nothing changes that. It's just some nights when James is on and you're not, Joe, you got to recognize that and, and let James eat and vice versa. And, that, and that's right. coaching. And that's coaching. No, and that's why I think what – and as much as I kill him, and, you know, that's why I need guys like you to double me out sometimes. How, how is it unfair to say – that in year two, Doc finally got to Joel and unlocked the beast in him. Because he never played like this with Brett Brown, and I know he's only had two coaches, but last year we saw flashes of this with with Joel. It, it, it just wasn't as consistent. I think part of that was with Ben out there, just fucked up, clogged the lane constantly for Joe. Mm-hmm. But like the first year not having Ben out there playing for Doc, Maybe Doc is the biggest reason Joel's playing like an MVP. Like, he has that. He has it behind the scenes. Get your fat ass in the fucking lane and go to work because nobody can guard you and you're 15 foul shots a game. Just go down there and be you. And like, and he, and he hits foul shots, too. He does, and that's the crazy <laughs> thing. It's like, it, it like, like it's, it, it's just so like refreshing to see a guy play the game the right way that like this year he forces way less bad shots. He trusts his teammates more. And like, like that, that, like that, like that, like that's, that's just going to go up with James on the court. Like it just is mm-hmm. like, I know he, average. he still does average. James Harden years ago, but James Harden last year, before he pulled his hammy the last month of the season, he was the lead candidate for MVP 
and he only kicked out on the team this year because of the bullshit like was going on. Gabe Tyron's going to be 25, 10, and 8 a game here. Like, he's book it. Like, he's clockwork 25 a game. Like, I, I think this city's not ready. So many people who are like, doubting the move, like, oh, we gave up too much. Get ready to see a guy put up mid to high 20s, night in and night out, and some nights he's going to put up 37. People who are doubting the move just have not watched enough basketball. Like, James Harden and, like, I mean, look at his numbers. He averages more assists than Ben. More rebounds than Ben and double the points than Ben almost. Like, literally. Joel like, still does lead the, the league in most po- average uh, post-up points. 8.7 points a game in the post. Followed by Jokic. Uh, Vukovic third. Porzingis. And then it drops, uh, drops uh, Inside of Matt, Statmaster. Yeah, I, hey, man. I'm, I'm, these are big, big shoes to fill. I mean, Jalen, normal yeah, stat yeah. guy. Yeah, I... I I think I know Jesse Phil. What's what's he curiosity? What does he average? I, I don't know how you can get the stat, but like, how many threes does he generally take per game? I know I get hung up on that, but the like, if you take five threes a game, like I that's where he averages four or five. Because some games it's like seven or eight, but some games he only takes two or three. Like, I don't know. I just, it, it's just one of those things, and I guess it's it. You know what it is? It's me in the era of the dominant big man. And I need to realize that like Carl Anthony Towns just won the three point competition. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, but no, I, mean, I agree. I, I mean, it, it, Giannis is almost seven foot, right? He shoots threes. He doesn't shoot very good though. He's gotten better the last couple of years. He averages yeah. 3.7 th- uh, threes a game. Attempts. He makes 1.3. So he averages four and he makes one. 1.3. He's, he's, he's league average. He's 36.9%. That's about league average. 37%. So, I mean, to have a big man be an average, a league average three-point shooter, I mean, that's... But that's what I'm fine with, though, dude. If you get one out of three a game, so be it. I'll take that. Take okay. three a game, you make one. All right. But don't take six, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, it's because... At that point, you should give the ball to one of your guards and then go into the post. Like, go, go, go to work. Or let James shoot a three. Or Tyrese, who's getting or, way better. Or like, or I think that's the thing, too, like, where, like, that's being underscored with this is, like, Tyrese Maxey has taken a monster leap in year two that in a lot of years would be the biggest hype in town. But now with Joel being an MVP and James coming here, it's like it's an afterthought. But we're watching a kid who's 20 years old Put up 16 a game a night. Like, that's that's when the Ben was scoring. And he was number one pick, you know, supposed to be the, the chosen one. I mean, sure, we, still have, we still have Niang, right? Like, Niang, Niang's, turn, Niang's turning into our. Him grip it and rip it. He's a shooter and he bangs and he, he plays hard. Like, he's that kind of guy that just is like, just is like, like a Bob. He just plays hard and makes good basketball plays out there. Like, yeah. not great at anything, but he gives you all he's got. And he's, he's a, a big body. He's a fundamental guy. It's it's not pretty, but it's yeah. effective. You know? But he makes the right play. Like he doesn't force shots. He doesn't make the like dumb foul. Like he would like, have done. He would but, have done really good on the Spurs, the '90s, like the early 2000s Spurs. Like it wasn't the sexiest basketball, but it was it was winning. It was winning basketball. I know? think that's what you need to have championship teams.
Uh, Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what we're seeing now. It's, you know, that's why, like, because I saw some people, like, call, like, like tweeting on, like, whatever, some other, some other competition, like, asking about, oh, do you keep Toby next year? And what do you do for this and that? Like, we need to stop with that next year. Like, Who we need cares to put about next this year, year, man? We're, this we're, is this we're year. trying to win right now. Like, this could be a year we win a champ. Like, this is what championships do. They try to put pieces together, like, hey, Paul Millsap. Maybe you might not play every game, but you might play some games, but you got to fucking score the ball when you're in there. Like Simil- The similarities between this team, what this team's doing, and what we did in the 82-83 season, are there scary similarities going on right now? You know? I hope so, dude. I, I really do. And that's why, like I said, it's I'll take one, man. I, I was I was in that mindset, oh, I want to be Joel and Ben for 10 years and then win two or three you know, in a 10-year period. and That ship sailed, man. Give me one. I need one for Joel. I need Joel to go down as one of the greatest. And James will go down as a legend if he helped bring it here. It's it's like, similar to what we were – we all we all expected more out of that Phillies run. But, like, you know, I think we were, you know, 2006, 2007, we knew we were on the verge of something special. And I just remember being the same mindset of, like, Dude, just give just give us one, you know. Uh, just give us one World Series, and you know, obviously after we got it, we were like, whoa, like we we could we're still equipped to to win multiple. So you know, that was a little a little disappointing, but I mean, but we got our one, you know. So same thing, kind of with the Eagles. It was like you know they made some they made those those mid mid-year free agent acquisitions that kind of put them over the top and and gave them that extra edge and you know at that point it was it made them a, a true contender to to win football games i mean you know were some of the those games the prettiest games no i mean but but we were built to win and i think you know um and there was a formula you know so I think Friday is the start of that new formula. And, you know, I'm not expecting, you know, mountains to be moved on Friday night, like right away. But like to your point, Bill, like, you know, I'm also not expecting 15 turnovers and, you know, all these, you know, f- trying to force shit, you know, right away. Like just we've got 30. What is it like? How many games left? 30 games for the Okay, like we still have we still have some time. Like let's get gel, let's get it going, let's get the chemistry going, and pick up the momentum at the right time. Get hot at the right time going into the playoffs. You know, just but remember, slow and steady. That's it. The race. This guy's come. James Harden is still have hamstring issues coming off an injury. No hamstrings are. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't. The guy doesn't need to play. You know, thirty. 40 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, let's, yeah. let's, you know, slow and steady. Let's remember the end game here is playoffs. You know, I'd rather them be a six seed or a five seed, not go gangbusters. And then be able to have that strength and health going into the playoffs. I would agree. That's what you need. I think, I think, I, I think minus the bucks, any other team in the first round is the same team basically to me. Even if it's the Nets in round one or the Celtics or the Raptors, like they're a good team. Like 
you know, that's not a gimme, any gimme series. The Bucks to me are the only team that's like, oh God, them in round one would be like brutal to have to, to I, face. I can't be like Toronto's seven. Like Toronto, like I'd love to play Toronto. No, I'm just saying I mean, like there, there's no bum teams. Like when we played the Wizards last year, it was like, all right, this is a joke. This well, is that's a what I mean. Game. Like Toronto's like that though. They kind of are, but you we know, wouldn't play them. Boyfriend, we wouldn't. Tor- Toronto nostalgically has our number though. I mean, they we just fight this year already. No, I mean, I think John's right. Like even Boston that like watching that game, like, like the, like they came out and played whatever, but then the very next night they lost to the Pistons who have 10 wins. Like, so it's like, you know, Cleveland. those kind of games, you know, I did try to tell you guys, you got to relax. Got to stay the course. Yeah. Get it all yeah. fired up. Who's trying to tell us, John? Got to relax. I know. I know. Guys, Cle- Cleveland's a young team that's playing well too, but like, again, yeah, they're like they're Cleveland, Chica- like Bulls. Chicago's playing well, but like, okay, don't scare me again. Milwaukee's the champs. Like you got to have a little bit of respect for that, right? Yeah. Look, yeah, Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's probably the only team that really has a true answer for Joel. I mean – but they don't though because they because the Lopez has been hurt and he is hurt. He has a fucked up back and he might be out for the season. Brooklyn and they played Giannis at the five and Giannis could not handle Joel. He was getting Brooklyn, in foul trouble. Like he's getting hard Joe. As much as the league and the national media want to see Brooklyn come out on the on the you know the the high side of this deal, um, you know I I just they're they're gonna have to. Um, you know, work on their chemistry and gel. And, sure. you know, I, I don't know. I got my money on, on our guys gelling before, you know, they're, they're part-time injured, um, not shooting, refusing to sit out and not play type of mentality that they, with the players they have up there. It's like, I, I, I got my money on Harden and Joel figuring it out faster than, Ben Simmons, a guy who refused to play for a team. Kyrie, who's got his, you know, issues on and off the court. And KD, an aging KD, you know. That, that mask shit in New York's probably going to end soon anyway, so. I think it will. I think it he'll, does. He'll, he'll be back or he'll be back sooner rather than later. He'll be back to the minimum, at minimum the playoffs for sure. Minimum. Yeah, but I, I think even before that. I mean, like there's other states that have already pulled that, the, I think Delaware already uh, knocked out the mask man. Oh yeah, no one. New York State it. already did, but not New York City. They're different. So like New York State already knocked it out. So you don't right. have to. But right. The but as the numbers come down, like again, yeah, and and, and it probably will. I say probably March, sometime in March. I wouldn't be shocked. It will, you know. Well, well that's right. Like you're talking about, you're talking about cohesiveness. You know, you know, playing as a team camaraderie like all the that's all those c words or whatever like you, bringing in a guy like goran Dragic from another another team ben from another team kevin durant who's hurt is still hurt right Kyrie, who, like you said doesn't play like you're, you're exactly right matt there's a lot of factors there that you know at this point of the season you're kind of like I wish those weren't there if you're that team. And, like, and, and I love Steve. We've all, I think we all love Steve Nash as a player and what he's done for the game. But like, I don't, I haven't seen any like real like leadership in what he's been able to do up there. You know? No, I think it's a, I think it's a different, I think coaching in the NBA in this era is a lot different than coaching was back in the day. 
I think oh, it's a little, it's a lot more managing personalities and um, taking the strengths of some of your players. And I mean, yeah, that, that meshes with the early nineties, but like a lot of these guys are, are, how do I say this? They are um, cheerleaders more than their coaches. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know how you can, you know, take three forty million dollar a year players and say, you know what? No, during coming out of this timeout, we're going to run pick and rolls, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, great! I want the ball, coach. Cool." You know, like I don't know. How does Steve Kerr do it? I guess Steve Kerr's got the magic sauce. He's able to he's able to bring all those guys together and create a culture and a and, and a locker room and. It's a system, too. I mean, look at it with Pop. I mean, Pop, you know, it was a system with, with Pop. It was a system with Phil Jackson. It was a system – well, Phil – I mean, that kind of – you know, and with the Lakers, I mean, it was a system. I mean, they ran the triangle. It didn't matter if it was Shaq, Kobe, Big Shot Bob out there. Um, who else was on those teams? I mean, they ran – it was a system. Hey, Scott. It was Phil's system. You know, um, I mean, now, you know, there's the, the there's all still you have to manage the personalities and you have to tell those guys, hey, this is how you're going to get yours within this system. And, yeah. you know, you, you kind of have to play both both sides there, you know, and it's been proven that there's only been, you know, a handful of coaches to successfully, you know, do that. And I feel like Steve Kerr is one of them because. Oh wait, he came from one of those systems. So you know, I think maybe he's it was taking taking um, taking detailed notes all those years, <laughs> you know, on how to how to manage egos. But and then when you look at that doc team from what was it oh eight oh seven with the Celtics with Durant, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, right? You kind of have your Kevin Durant and your Joel Embiid, right? Yeah. You have your you have your Paul Pierce and your and your James Harden. You're just trying to find that Ray Allen, right? You're trying to find that guy that's going to hit that shot. You got to find your Steve Kerr. You got to find. You got to find your big shot, Bob. You know what I mean? And those are the. That's all. That's that's really what this team sort of needs right now, right? The big man. We always said you can always find a big man. There's five or six guys right now that they can go out and get. A Lopez brother, DeAndre Jordan, signed Willie Cauley signed. Where's that other shooter coming from? Who's well, going to be that guy that when Joel's double team and James Harden isn't open, who's going to get that pair? Who's going to get that pass? And who's going to be able to make a play? And that's going to be the 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 difference between this team being in the Eastern Conference Finals or this team being out in the semis. I'm telling you right now, I agree with you, John. And sometimes it's 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 someone that who you least expect. You know, you look at a lot of these teams that have won championships and it's like, yeah, they have the, they have their star players that do what they're, that they're being paid to do is deliver and, and play and, and rise up to that next level. But then you always got those, those couple guys on the bench that come out of nowhere and have a career series or a career game or in key situations, you know, they show up at the right time. And I think Tyrese Maxey could be that guy for us. Um, you know, it could be a Fible 
you know, getting a key block in the last 45 seconds of a game that, you know, causes a turnover. And, you know, he could be the guy, he could be our Brandon Graham that gets that strip, strip sack. You know what I mean? I mean, Absolutely. it's, it's it, you know, it's, it, it could boil down so many different ways. And I'm just excited as a basketball fan, you know, not only a Sixers fan, but a basketball fan, just to see how this all shakes out. And I hope that we were on the, on the, on the good side of the deal. And I, I feel, I feel good about it. I still do. I mean, I still, I mean, when did the trade happen? Like a week ago, two weeks ago, I still feel really good about it. I don't care. I don't care what all this national, these national guys can keep talking, man. You know, they can, they can, they, they can put their money on Brooklyn. Um, My money's always on the underdog. Always on the underdog. Any, any final thoughts? That's my final thought. One with the underdogs. Hashtag Friday. John's on mute. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, it's kind of fitting how, or, or ironic or the stars have aligned. We've had a, we've had a baby born baby James. We've had a, a new James be traded to the Sixers. I mean, there's a, there's a bright star in the sky, man. I don't know if that's, I don't know, you know, how, how that all works, all that, you know, that karma, but man, I, we, we could be thanking Jesse Lorenz and Amanda Lorenz for, for bringing us a championship. I'd be fine with that every I, day of the week and twice on Sunday. If that's how it has to happen, thank you. Thank you, Jesse Lorenz. Thank you, um, Amanda Lorenz. And thank you, Baby, Jam- Baby James. That's right. Well, we'll be, we'll be um, pouring champagnes on, champagne on their heads at the, uh, at the, at the parade. Apple cider. <laughs> that's apple right. Apple. That's right. And um, I'm going to give it my best. Speaking of JLo, I'm going to give it my best, my best impression. Go birds. <laughs> <laughs>